The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid Scream Queens, the unofficial Scream Queens internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Sunday, October 4th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Scream Queens. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit Fox series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Uh, Please welcome my fellow co-hosts. First up, he's your favorite soft-serve mascot. It's Prince Rico Suave. Hello, hello, hello. Slow clap. Next up, you can always find a chainsaw under his bed. It's Wilson Hammond Jr. Hey, how you doing? Wash those arms. Exactly. Why did he get the better introduction? I wanted to be Zayday. <laughs> Well, Man, you're not sexy as me, bro. Salt, salt, you, salt. You'll have your chance one day. We all nah. want to be Zay Day, maybe. I don't know. And I'll be decided, bro. <laughs> there you go. And last but not least, even when she dies, she will still be posting selfies on Instagram. It's Priscilla. Uh, they weren't even cute ones. I what know, right? <laughs> Always cute, Priscilla. Always. Aww. Thank you. Well, there you go. So let's jump into our recap of episode 103, which was appropriately titled Chainsaw and aired on September 29th, 2015. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Frightened and angered by the Red Devil's reign of terror and Chanel's apathetic attitude, Chanel number 5 declares her independence from Chanel and the sorority. Keen to boost her dwindling popularity and restore her diminishing band of minions, Chanel decides to give Hester a makeover and induct her into the sorority as Chanel number 6. Grace, Zayde, and Denise discover bloodstains in Chanel number two's bedroom and believe that she has been murdered by the Red Devil, but learn that Chanel number two is still posting pictures to her Instagram from an unknown location. Confused, the trio head to Bel Air to speak to Chanel number two's parents, who tell her that Chanel number two 
whose real name is Sonia, was dating Chad Radwell. Denise becomes convinced that there are two Red Devils, Zayde be being one of them, while Grace believes that Chad Radwell may be responsible for the murders. The Red Devil has begun wielding a chainsaw as his weapon of choice, possibly in response to Wes's film analysis class on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After killing the university's new school mascot, he is goaded into fighting the Dickie Dollar Scholars, who have become convinced that Boone's suicide was actually murder. However, confronted by two Red Devils, each wielding a chainsaw, the Scholars are hopelessly outplayed, resulting in death. Dean Munch and Gigi decide to move into the Cap House temporarily, ostensibly to protect the students. Irritated by Dean Munch's white noise machine and her intrusion into her salad date with Wes, Gigi decides to sleep downstairs where she is confronted by a chainsaw-wielding Red Devil. Aided by Wes, Gigi manages to evade the attack and the Red Devil flees. Alarmed by the screams, Dean Munch arrives downstairs where Wes and Gigi accuse her of being the killer. Good grief, a lot of crap happened in that episode. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to what happened during the episode titled Chainsaw. And we're going to start off with uh, Wilson. Last week, I was pretty cynical about that episode or the combination of the two. This week, after our discussion and everything that happened... Uh, I think I'm hooked like a bass on the line, man. I like I'm I'm I, yes. I'm digging where this is going. Good grief, we have a convert. Oh, oh yeah. Can you see the light? <laughs> awesome. Priscilla, what were your initial reactions or your initial reaction to the episode? Holy crap, I'm never gonna be able to listen to everybody the same way again. <laughs> you mean backstreet's back, <laughs> all right? Yes. It's called Everybody and then Backstreet's Back in parentheses. Get your 90s stuff right. Yes. <laughs> I, my personal favorite was Two of Hearts. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. But continue <laughs> on with your initial reactions. So just the deaths, like, again, they're, they're, they were awesome. And But I don't know. Now everything's confusing to me. Our predictions from last episode for us like they might be changing at least for me they might be no nope, i was right <laughs> all right that's, now that's think what I about think. it i said it i told you zayday <laughs> i told you i knew it and grace her pop spot we we'll get to there we'll get to that we'll get I to that. prince your it's initial great. thoughts on the episode I just thought it was comical. Like, I, I'm loving the comedy aspect of it. And so it's keeping me drawn. And as for the mystery, like, everybody's a suspect and everybody becomes a suspect. So I love that. I mean, you smoke weed, don't you? <laughs> hell, hell a lot of weed. I could tell. <laughs> there you what go. What does this mean? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? You always talk about the comedy. I mean, that's not a bad thing. You we all no, but I love that they added the comedy to a, like a horror show. Like I watch a lot of horror shows. I watch How to Get Away with Murder. It's not comical. So like something like this is kind of funny. Like they're they're dumb, and the the shit that they say is just it's funny. Like because you don't expect it. You must have loved the shout out then. The tweet. Oh my god, I thought that was so hilarious. And the fact that no. none of them realized that she tweeted it, and then the only person that realized was Denise, and she's like thrown it in their face. 
Indeed. Yeah, that was pretty good. Like, Hashtag oh, cahoots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, To be honest, last week I didn't necessarily care for Chanel number one. I still don't necessarily care for Chanel number one, and I understand that that's how she's supposed to be. But it was kind of refreshing that she wasn't in the episode as much as the first two. So it was really great to... Uh, see like the other characters get a little bit of shine on themselves uh, rather than just uh, Chanel number one. So overall, it was a really great episode. I love the music choices. It was very 90s. And I really love the um, whoever's the music advisor to the show that does like that has created like the instrumentals in the background because it's very 70s, 80s like early 90s horror like like the and like mm-hmm. the weird you know that weird eight like horror movie type music that they use it's very fantastic they don't they've done a really great job with the music the instrumentals that they use in the background to set the ambiance of what's going on mhm uh-huh. right yeah, so let's get into the episode, and the episode starts off with uh, our two girls, uh, Grace and Zayday, heading over to like a quick stop type place where you know they they're picking up snacks, they you know Cool Ranch chips and and uh, and pork rinds, and you know you need syrup for the pork rinds. Can I ask, is that a thing? Like- I've never heard of this either. And there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on. I have a cousin that puts grape jelly on hot dogs. That, that, well, there you go. I will say I like pork rind, but I've never put syrup, strawberry, or chocolate on a pork rind. That's that's pretty gross. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but that's, uh, like, that's like instant diabetes. <laughs> I think I'm gonna try. There you go. You should, Priscilla, and you can fill us in. Oh, Don't God. do it. Yes. Don't do it. I dare you. Now you have to do it. And so while they're, you know, getting chips and whatnot, we see the red devil. Oh no. Is he going to, is he going to attack in the middle of uh, the night in a convenience store? Maybe, maybe not. And so as Grace goes to get uh, either strawberry or chocolate sauce, the red devil appears and appears to be like lunging towards her. And then all of a sudden she whips out a, um, what do you call those? Um, Pink chaser. A taser, yes, one of those tasers. Don't tase me, bro. And uh, uh, you know that uh, Zayday's grandmother had sent her, right? Yep, Zayday's grandmother knows her shit. Exactly, and she aims it right at the crotch, so she knows exactly what to do with the taser, especially if it's a man. And she zaps this poor boy, who you know turns out it's just Eugene from Polisai, and he was just you know he didn't bring any money. He forgot his wallet at home. He was trying to just steal some Cool Ranch chips. So apparently he learned a mighty lesson that night. Uh, what did everyone think of the opening? Did you know? Did you notice that's a it's a reference to um, to Scream when the girls are walking away from the convenience store. And uh, you, f- they flash to the um, where where the cold items are kept, and the scream, the guy with the scream mask is staring at them. Like that's who's a reference to that part. Oh yes, I remember that. It's been a while since I've seen Scream. Mm-hmm. But oh my God, she tased him in the nuts. I cannot believe. Like I cannot imagine how much pain that would Don't be. Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> yeah. And it was a pink taser. Well, like, yes, you know, she's stylish, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, Grandma's very, like, she thinks about everything. 
Exactly. She, has to, she makes sure it matches because they're in a sorority house now, and they have to be careful. Like, but but still, like that that, that whole syrup with um with whatever chips thing that 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 sounds gross. Pork rinds. They're not chips. They need to like put that out there, and the red devil's just gonna go away because it's gonna be just gonna be grossed out. Oh my gosh. I, I would be. I'm just gonna be like, uh, no, bye. Well, there you go. So, uh, moving on from the opening scene, there's a lot that sort of happened in the episode, so I'm I'm not necessarily going to go fully in order, but I'll try to follow some of the storyline so that we can get to, you know, what kind of went down in the episode. We learn in this episode that uh, Dean Munch has enacted several... Uh, basically measures to sort of safeguard the campus. And, you know, it was kind of due to uh, what happened at that quick stop. And so they, they she decided to get rid of the Red Devil, although the Red Devil has this history on uh, Wallace University. And instead, they have a new uh, mascot that basically is a soft serve uh, ice cream cone, better known as Coney which no one responds well to. And she ends up actually telling Coney, you're a disgrace, which was kind of fantastic. And another thing that she decides to do to safeguard the campus is she decides to move into the Kappa house with Gigi for a week to keep an eye on the girls. And it's interesting because no one seems to have noticed that there is a girl missing, Chanel Number two, her death has been largely kept a secret despite her body being inside of a deep freezer, but all of a sudden her body gets missing from the deep freezer and nobody knows where Chanel number two's body is. Grace and Zayde start snooping around Chanel number two's bedroom and they find a stain on the carpet. You know, could it be bulimia? Could it be, you know, uh, some, some liquor on the ground? Nope. It is blood. And how do we know it's blood? Because our good friend, security guard, Denise Hemphill, is sure of it. Because she has a little spray bottle of luminol. And if you put a, um, what is it, a black light on it, you can see, you know, that it's, you could see that it's blood. And why does she use it? Because uh, she needs to check out the horseradish or something at the Arby's. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because because <laughs> luminol has iron in it too and she doesn't like horseradish exactly right, no. but horseradish. is luminol healthy to to eat or to that's what i'm curious like you're gonna spray your food and then you have to eat it right i think mm. if it has horseradish in it she's just not gonna eat it and she's gonna take it back to arby's but if it doesn't she's got to eat it right that's true Holy shit. Food. <laughs> wow. i don't know if it's healthy listeners but i, I would not eat something luminolized no that sounds kind of disgusting I agree Don't with Prince. Do Don't do it. Little detective kids out there. I'm going to buy some luminol just to make sure it's blood. But it's always blood. Just to make sure. Exactly. I, blood. I wish that they would have included the clip from the commercial when she goes, Boom shakalaka. That is blood. But they didn't <laughs> include it in the show. Oh my god. That would have been fantastic. I love Denise Hemphill. Denise Hemphill's the best part. And when they just leave and she's like, don't invite me, hoes. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they decide to go to Bel Air. So we've figured out where this Wallace University is. Because remember last week we were kind of curious, like, where the hell is this place? So it's got to be on the West Coast. It's got to be in California because it's near Bel Air. It's close enough to just drive to Bel Air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, homes to Bel Air. 
Exactly. <laughs> Did you notice in the candlelight vigil, Candle Girl is holding her own candle? She didn't well, I didn't <laughs> notice that, but I did notice how in class she wanted to light her own candle. <laughs> wow. Shout yeah. out to Candle Girl. She, does she have her... her. I, I, I like her. She has her own, like, she has her own, like, little gags, like, in the side. Like, and Coney, when he's being a dick and, like, shoves, like, the food out of the way of someone, that's Candle Girl's food. <laughs> oh, that was. I need yeah. to go back and look at that. Poor Candle Girl. Oh, and the oh. 16 candles, right? Oh, yeah, that was her? Holy shit. She's addicted, girl. Mm -mm. Need to get more into that sorority life. Get, like, more than just that candle hobby. Poor candle girl. So, yeah, for for their part, the Chanel's had told the pledges that number two had a mental breakdown, that she moved back home. So the girls decided to go visit Bel Air. And, uh, well, they actually, they noticed a couple things before they went to Bel Air, that she has been up dating her Instagram with some weekend at Bernie's style pictures, in my opinion, because she always has her head tilted and she's got her legs and arms sort of like flayed about, like not as like a human would be posing. It just looks <laughs> like she's, you know, she's weekends at Bernie's, you know, someone is doing that to her and uh, Denise Hemphill. Because, you know, she's she's a bit of a Jessica Fletcher herself. She checked out that uh, Chanel number 2 had tweeted, I'm being murdered by the Red Devil. And that's like her last tweet. So the girls, without Denise, decide to visit Beverly not Beverly Hills, Bel Air, to Chanel number 2's parents, which include Cordelia from Buffy and the creepy pharmacist from Desperate Housewives. <laughs> and they suspect that number 2 is off somewhere on a bender, and they basically tell them, you know, oh, you know, if you see her, tell her not to come back. And they also let them know that she, Chanel number 2, was dating Chad Radwell, who we all know is Chanel's yeah. Chad, and apparently Chad has been poking all of the Chanel's, leaving them um, dirty uh, thank you letters and everything. Yep. <laughs> but to be like, even in the candlelight vigil, like Chanel number one knows that he's sleeping with a bunch of people. She's like, "Can you just like sleep with a little less people?" He's exactly. Like, well, can y'all explain to me how? Does Chad Radwell somehow break up with Chanel again, even though they were not together? <laughs> because she wants to get back with him, and he's like, mm, "May no, I'm breaking up with you again." That's yes. that. <laughs> he dangled her on the hook, and then he's like, "No, I'm just gonna leave you. I break that's, up with you." That, that's all it is, right there. She got it. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm, Chanel number Chanel number five had it because she was like. I slept with him, but I wasn't really into it. <laughs> She's more into two guys, I think. Well, no, no. She was like, I, I, I did it. Like, I slept with him, but, you know, I wasn't really feeling it. But, you know, I did it. It's yeah. like a trophy. Like, he's the trophy dude. Like, you Chad just gotta Redwell sleep with him. Around. Yeah. No, he's the trophy dude. Like, you just, they, they all want him under the notch. Like, I slept with Chad. Like, I slept with the trophy dude of, like, the big man on campus. Yeah. For Chanel number five to be happy, she's got to get Eif Eiffel Towered. <laughs> Because he says, don't say that, that like about him loving Chanel number one. But he did say, I love you to the dean. Yeah, that was interesting. And it's funny how the dean and number five don't like how uh, Chad Radwell fucks. Yeah. But the two like kind of desperate ones, like two and one, like are just kind of like, oh, okay, sure. I like yeah. you. 
But one was probably like drunk out of her mind, and the other one's just kind of like desperate. There you go. <laughs> What's interesting as well about the candlelight vigil, because there's a candlelight vigil for Boone, and uh, there's an interesting conversation between Predatory Les and Chanel number three. Hmm. That was kind of interesting, you know. They're I don't know. They seem to be a really interesting twosome to pair up. Oh, oh! You're talking about? Are you talking about afterwards when she, uh, when she's like, or like well, both of the, the bedroom, scenes? Or? Both of the scenes were really interesting because there was kind of like the way that she approached predatory Les was very kind of like hitting on her kind of way. But then she's like, are you, yeah, it was like mad suspect. It was, it was very weird. It was, and then she was like, Oh, are you hitting on me? You know, she was, she kept on trying to throw it off to, to her when it seemed more as if she was the one that was hitting on, on predatory Les. Yeah. Chanel number three is like, I don't know. She's very mysterious in every way. Like, you don't know where, like, she is most of the time with anything. She reminds me a lot of, like, Heather Morrison's character in, like, Glee, that she's just so kind of, like, spaced out and stupid that you don't know, like, really, I don't know, what she's thinking or if she's thinking of anything. Exactly, if she's thinking at all. But that conversation was interesting, and it led into their second conversation of uh, the episode, and it was in... um Whose bedroom was that? that? She walked into the bedroom, right? So that's Predatory Les's bedroom? Yeah. Yeah. She walks into the bedroom and uh, basically is like, you know, I-, I need a good friend. I need someone that I can trust. You know, we need. didn't she say that she needed someone to be like a soulmate or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was like, I need you to be more than a friend. I need you to be a soulmate. And basically she confesses to Predatory Les because she's like, I don't know who I can trust and I don't know if I'm going to die, but I feel like someone needs to know this. And she confesses that apparently her father is not her biological father, that her mother had become obsessed with this man that had done very bad things, and she had somehow arranged conjugal visits with this man, and she did a DNA test, and she got the results recently, and she found out that she is the daughter of Charles Manson. And she's like, I can't tell people this because if people knew that I was the daughter of Charles Manson, then they would know that they they would immediately assume that I was the killer, but I'm not the killer. And she said that like five times. She's like, but I'm not the killer, but I'm not the killer, which I thought that was kind of suspicious. And yeah, I thought it was suspicious when the alibis. Oh, yeah, that was kind of weird, too. The alibis, and then... Yeah, like, you need an alibi? Hmm. Yeah, she was like, I need, you know, I might need an alibi, and, like, you might need an alibi. Let's be our alibis. Let's be alibuddies. Mm-hmm. What I took took with that was she said that her mom uh, heard things from, like, aliens and stuff like that, and I'm like, is that why you wear earmuffs? Because you you hear things Uh, from, like, people? Like, so you're trying to like stuffle them out, or is that why? Is that where you hear them from? Like, she's schizophrenic. Yeah, that that's that's what I took from that. I'm just like, hmm. And look at Priscilla being <laughs> astute about stuff. I like that. That was that was so a good catch. Like, so he's more like Mary's little brother from. There's something about Mary. Don't touch his headphones. You don't touch her earphone or her uh, earmuffs. <laughs> she could be. Which would go Something's going on. Pretty weird. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. This show is definitely gaining on me. I, I I'm yeah. I'm de- it's definitely gaining on me. I I'm I'm actually like before I was like, man, I really don't care who the killer is. Like, you know, if we get to the end, I just want to see who the killer is at the end. But now I'm like, I want to see who else gets killed because then that'll make me curious about who the killer is. Because frat guys are random, you know, kind of random frat guys to kill. And there's two of them. And we haven't gotten that far, have we? Well, we'll discuss that. Before we get into that, let's actually let's talk really quick about the makeover of the episode. Mm -hmm. We find Hester looking as messy as ever, uh, finding her way inside of Chanel's closet, to which Chanel she calls she dubs it her closet badge. And Hester starts you know, <laughs> going around and, you know, grabbing some of her outfits and feeling all pretty and shit. And then she gets caught by Chanel. And basically Chanel is like, you violated my closet badge. And um, earlier in the episode, Chad had basically said to her, you know, you've got all those misfits. You know, I can't date you, you know, because you've got all these misfits, misfits, you know, below you. You're like, you need hot girls in the Kappa house and then maybe I'll date you. And so she decides to make over Hester. Even though Hester's got scoliosis and she needs that neck brace, they remove the neck brace and they Chanel Hester up. And, uh, you know, they make her beautiful. And even though she's in pain because she doesn't have the neck brace, she feels very pretty. And she has been officially dubbed Chanel number six. And this is where Chanel number five revolts because pledges can't be Chanel's and this, that, or the other. And so she decides to quit being, uh, you know, a member of the Kappa house. She quits the sorority. Grace would have been a Chanel, though. Grace has already offered, like, Chanel number six before, like... Hester was so I thought that was like kind of like it was gonna happen one way or the other did we like Hester's makeover I mean it's not like we don't know what Leah Michelle looks like I'm I'm waiting for the guys to like respond because I had like I'm not politically correct I'm sorry (laughs) I never will be I'll be I'm I'm more suited to scotch in a suit in 1950s I don't care that woman is not attractive well, there you go. Prince, do you approve of Chanel number six? Uh, what happened? Um, I, it's Leah Michelle. I wasn't that serious. I kind of saw it happening. And you know what? They foreshadowed it on their Instagrams before the show happened, so I kind of already knew it was going to happen, which kind of sucks. She had a little bit more to play. They wouldn't put someone like her in there if she, didn't, if she had a minor role in the whole situation. Yeah, like Leah Michelle wouldn't be ugly the whole season. Like I don't even think she would let that happen. Yeah. Like, come on, it's Leah Michelle. She always plays geeky at first, and then dope somewhere down the line. And it's like, there you go. Look at the transformation. <laughs> it's the ugly swan turned into the beautiful. Like, nah, we get it. We get it. Yeah, but that's not true. She didn't turn into anything. Oh. oh. Wilson is coming for you, Chanel number six. Watch Chanel your back. Number six should be. Chanel number six should already be dead. What are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> She's not the red devil. Well, there's that. So you never know. We'll go ahead and kill her off. Okay. Priscilla. Well, I hope she's not the red devil. So sorry. The, the first time I like I, I saw her going in, I'm just like, oh my God, don't touch her stuff. What are you doing? You're dirty. You're touching like all of these pretty things. Go away. Don't touch these pretty things. Wow, you're you're a Yes, I'm very much like, ah, and then when she, when she transformed, I'm like, 
oh, you just gave Leah Michelle an inch. She's going to take a mile. She's going to be a bitch. She's going to take all your shit. You already saw her trying to take your shit when she was ugly. Like, now that she's pretty, she's going to take more of your shit. No, you already, no. Uh-uh, I see bad things happening there. Oh, I'm poor a- neck brace. Yeah, I think the neck brace was a front in the first place. But we said that we said that last week. The neck brace was kind of we pretty sure the neck brace is the front, so Well we'll see about that. We'll see how yeah. long she remains uh neck brace less. All right, let's talk about the new character of this episode. Our good friend Coney. We never really got a chance to see who Coney is, but we do know that he's short and he's the right size to fit inside the soft serve ice cream mascot suit. And the dude that was inside of Coney was very happy because when you're a mascot, you can do anything. You know, you can, you know, pinch girls' asses, you can squeeze their boobs, you can cut in line, you can steal money from the cash register. Who gives a fuck because you're Coney? And uh, Bacconi got a little too cocky because even though he had dreams of being in the big leagues of mascots in the world, unfortunately, the devilish mascot known as the Red Devil caught Coney in his dorm room and after a pretty comical fight for half a second, and I really thought that Coney was going to survive, Coney ends up getting thrown to the ground and he ends up getting chainsawed uh, and he his his head got chopped off rest in peace coney you're stealing cash and grabbing ass in heaven now <laughs> the red devil didn't like his toppings so he took them off exactly Ooh, I, mean, <laughs> oh, I mean killing coney off isn't kind of ironic coney <laughs> i didn't think of it that way holy shit that no, was awesome he wasn't that major of a character. When they gave him like his little subtle like monologue, uh, I was like, "Are you serious? Are we, are we are we really doing this right now?" Yes, uh, you know Ryan Murphy and the monologues. Everybody gets a monologue at some point. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I'm like, even ice and it's always a walking monologue. monologue. Do you did you see that he gave his all though? He kicked the Red Devil like, and he could have done it too if he didn't like turtle and like. I've fallen in and I can't get up. Yeah, like he needed guy. life alert or something like shit. Shout out to life alert. Poor Coney. He almost right. had a chance though. He really did. Like out of everybody that's messed with the red devil, he really had a shot. But uh, unfortunately, as uh, Priscilla said, he turtled out. Felt bad for poor Coney. But then I th- then now that I think about it, he's kind of an asshole. So eh, whatever. Bye, Coney. You're an interesting death. Yes. Definitely interesting. Man, chopping up the soft serve. Exactly. <laughs> On to the next death of the night. So, uh, the Dicky Dollar Scholars. Uh, I'm never going to get tired of saying that. The Dicky Dollar Scholars. <laughs> it's so weird. They, uh, they decide to uh, get a bit of inspiration from Dean Munch's take back the night rally and they decide to do a reverse take back the night at least in chad radwell's eyes apparently he's gonna do like what they do out in the street apparently what people do when they you know they want to fight someone in the streets you get roided up and then you arm yourself with baseball bats and then you roam the streets yelling the name of the person that you want to fight and then automatically that person is going to show up to fight and then you kick their ass Street rules. Exactly. I've never heard of these street rules, but apparently they exist somewhere in the world. And so the Dickie Dollars decide to do that. They decide to wear their um, um, 
khaki finest and they get baseball bats and they decide to start beating the crap out of anything red so they start beating up on a fire hydrant and then all of a sudden they see a red car and they deduce that that must be the car of the red devil because it's red and so they beat the car down and break the windows and everything and then they deduce that this is a little bit more difficult than they anticipated and then bam a red devil shows up and they're like i knew it'd work and it's got a chainsaw but then bam another red devil shows up with another chainsaw and the the dicky dollar scholars decide to uh i guess uh, approach these villains with the bats and as they start swinging the bats the chainsaws you know cut the bats in half and this that the other and for some reason how did Chad Radwell get knocked down? Did the did um did uh the, one of the Red Devils just you know accidentally hit him? No, he went after the Red Devil with his bat, and the Red Devil ducked and slammed him with the the flat side of the of the chainsaw okay, instead there you of go. going after him. So he gets knocked out and he's on the ground, and the one of the Red Devils is ready to start slicing and dicing Chad Radwell. But then one of the Dickie Dollar Scholars decides to run up. No, not Chad. And he starts swinging with his bat. And as he swings, you know, the bat gets chopped in half. Then all of a sudden, his arm gets, one of his arms gets chopped in, chopped off. And then all of a sudden, the next arm gets chopped. Well, he, he picked up, uh, he was going to. He was picking up his arm to, like, beat him with the bat that was in the arm. But then they chop off that other arm, and then he bleeds out on the ground. And, yeah. Backstreet's back. <laughs> All right. What did everyone think of uh, this death and this sort of showdown with not one, but two Red Devils? It, it, it at least cut off that whole scary movie crap where it's like uh, oh, oh no it's not one killer it's two shock at the end no now you know for sure there's more than one killer like i liked that we got rid of all that shit the second episode and second like did they, they really did the whole monty python black knight shit with like one of the with one of the dicky dollar scholars <laughs> And they had to fucking knock him out with a baseball bat at the very end with a home run sound. I fucking loved that. I I just I, I don't know. It was the best thing ever. I, I after the after the show, I have a habit of like the songs get stuck in my head, so I had to play Backstreet's Back and just crack up. See, for me, it, it was the Stacy Q song Two Hearts" that got stuck in my head because I just felt it was so random. They showed Chanel number six. Yeah. Uh, Wilson, what did you think of the Dicky Dollars uh, showdown with the Red Devils? That was awesome. I just thought it was awesome, man. Like, okay, is he gonna? Is he dead? We sure the guy who got his arm like like is? I would is assume he, he on this show you really don't know, but I would assume yes, he's dead. The chick with the acid oh. bath survived, so I have no idea whether two arms getting cut off means you're dead or you're not. So. Yeah, we might see him with like you know with like bandaged up or something <laughs> turned wow. into a sushi roll just like yes wiggling around wow but holy yeah shit. So, yeah it was pretty it was yeah that that ended all like i, I don't know man, if it continues at this if the series continues at this rate it, it's gonna get it, it, wow 
like I, like I said, I wasn't impressed at first, and the more we discussed it, I went back and watched them again. I was like, yeah, I catch a little content. Yeah, I think I like this. And then this episode, episode three, I think it sealed it for me. Like it, it had just enough. Like it had that cheek in it still. It, had, it was you know cracking jokes here and very cliche. I guess cliche is the most cliche word to use in that situation. But, at but the cliche same time, in a good like, way, in my opinion. Exactly, in a great way. Like it's like, and at first I was like, man, this is kind of corny. But now the more it twisted, the more it pushes. Can't I don't have quite a phrase. I was trying to think of it earlier. But it's like the non-horror horror envelope. I don't know if that actually makes sense. But even if you're not into horror or like it, you still like, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, this, like what, 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 what are these guys doing? How did they keep they, they keep getting in these stupid situations? Like, it's super obvious that you shouldn't be in this situation, which makes the deaths. Although we only had two this time around that much more enjoyable. It's like you should know better at this point. Like you dude. Everybody knows that you know what you know you're in a horror movie like like you know you're in a slasher movie right a slasher like series right and it's like they know it and that they're doing everything they can to get killed and I think that's the reason why it's growing on me. Yeah. I want I want to ask you a question actually. Do you think that they're doing all of this though because of that weird um, film analysis class? Where they showed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, that was actually going to be one of my questions. I was going to ask it later, but let's ask it now, since since you brought it up. Because, uh, as uh, I mentioned in the synopsis, uh, that uh, in the film class, which is uh, being uh, taught by Wes, which a lot of, a bunch of the characters actually have to take, they, Wes, his favorite movie is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and he had this weird sort of thing of like, you know, oh, are we all running away from our chainsaws? Which was kind of an odd thing, and to say, and uh, they mm-hmm. show that in the class, which you know, Candle Girl wanted to light her candle, you know, because <laughs> why not? But do we think the chainsaws, the actual chainsaws that the the Red Devil used, was inspired by that class? I think so. I think I, I think some some of the Red Devils, because I still think it's three. They're, they're three killers. I think some of them take, like, the college classes and thus w- were inspired by his, like, his class and thus, like, took up, like, the, the chainsaws. Anybody but else? Again. I, I agree with that, but I'd like to add that I think somebody else, somebody's doing it, um, um, like, as a natural like reaction. As a natural. That's something that they want to use. And then the other one, there's a copycat that's actually... Just picking up stuff in the class, like 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 Priscilla's saying. So somebody's actually doing it. I, I think it, I've still got a heavy hand towards her dad or Grace actually being the killer. But we're, we're still going on it. But somebody else in the class, maybe two people, maybe another. It's like there's and like we said, we didn't. We know that people are still being manipulated to do things. But somebody else in the class, like Priscilla's saying, is picking up and copycatting it. And I don't know if they're actually getting the chance to commit a murder before the other red devil commits a murder and vice versa. So that's still kind of hard. That's still up in the air right there. But I think like I I do think there's somebody else in there kind of copycatting that whole situation in order to kind of commit a murder or two on their own. So they don't really know how to do it. So they're kind of picking it up as they go. 
Mm. Prince, is there a correlation between the class and the actual usage of usage of chainsaws by the Red Devil? Um, I thought that he killed Coney first before the class. Wasn't Coney killed before the class? Or was it the class and then Coney? That's something. I, I can't remember the exact order. Does anybody remember the order? Hmm. Because uh, I thought it was... I thought they shot Homeboy in the junk. So then she <laughs> did the... She did the whole, we need to get rid of the mascot. And then they did the little Coney montage. And I thought Coney got killed. And then I thought they introduced Dad with the class. I'm trying I think, to think the I order. think they introduced Coney. And I think then she went to class. And she's like, oh, we have okay. to do And that's when she's like, oh, my God, Dad, what are you doing here? And then, oh, she left. And then the dad had the really fucking weird thing. And then... Coney's like, yeah, I'm a mascot, and then he gets chainsawed. Yeah, like, right. Also, I have to keep in mind that that type of stuff is gonna happen closer to the end of the week, so I would, yeah, oh, I would right. yeah. See, just as just as a side note, just going to college like that that would like weird me out. Like if you had someone that was like. I don't know, the daughter of a teacher, and she was, she was just like, oh, Dad, why are you teaching my class? I would have what? never done that if it was one of my parents. That would be so embarrassing. Yeah. I'd just be like, sit down. Especially you might get if they're not... Exactly. Especially yeah, if they're, they're not saying like, anything oh, to you, like, you're my child, you know? Because he was playing it off. Yeah, but how creepy is it that like, they, yeah, they, they never introduced him as an, an intellectual, as an academic? They're like, he, they had him in, like, they, they were... I, I, if I recall, in the very first episode, when Grace and Wes were in the truck, they were in a truck, right? And he had them like, you know, like a Carhartt, like a workman's jacket. They made, they presented him yeah. like a blue-collar guy. Well, and they did have the sudden, conversation, though. Remember with the dean, uh, she goes, you do have an academic background. Or he, he mentioned that he has an academic background. And remember, he, he pitched himself for a job on campus. Mm-hmm. When, right. That's when she was all like, hot for... Hot for teacher. <laughs> well, hot for teacher, too, yeah. Indeed, hot for teacher. That would be kind of, yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Ooh, that guy. I don't know. That something about him. Maybe it's the mustache, but something about that guy. There you go. Well, we'll be chatting about him in just a second. But first, we need to stop with our good friend. Uh, we have Zayday. She's walking back to the Kappa Kappa Tau House. And Denise Hemphill, you know, calls her and she's like, you know, it's very dangerous out there. Let me give you a ride back. And so she gets into the car and bam, she gets handcuffed to the wheel of her cruiser because she says that Zayday is a person of extreme murderous interest. And she's got evidence. Number one, Zayday was planning to run against Chanel for cap president. Number two, Zayday had in her possession a CD from Best Buy, but not just any Best Buy. It was purchased at the same Best Buy where now deceased, deceased Shondell worked at. Number three, Zayday has been tweeting accomplice plot suggestions to Shonda Rhimes, the executive producer of How to Get Away with Murder. Hashtag cahoots. Cahoots. And number four, Zayday had a chainsaw under her bed, but Zayday sort of explained, you know, that her grandmother sent her the chainsaw after the tasers got taken away. And so, with that answer, Denise kind of, she seems satisfied with that, and she lets Zayday go. 
can I just say, whenever I hope she doesn't die, but if Denise Hemphill dies, I'm I'm gonna be very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Completely agree. Lucy Nash is bringing it with this role. She's kind of like a clueless Barney Fife 2.0. Yeah. Pretty much brings it all together. She brings home the whole comedy point to like to, to remind you that horror and pretty much all genres of film and TV are based in comedy, and even if it's tragedy. So I think I think she's that one that key cog that like if, if she wasn't if she weren't there, the show would have a totally different vibe to it. I, so I think I she's almost. I think she's almost a straight man because Grace Gardner kind of sucks as like the as, as the detective. You we and Pete Martinez kind of no Pete Martinez is kind of isn't like a good detective. Like, they keep missing bits, but like Denise Hemphill mm. like says the same thing all of us are thinking, which is just like if the killer's there, don't go there. It's always blood. What the hell are you doing? Like with a chainsaw under your bed, like. All of these things, like, you as a viewer, you're just like, what the fuck? Like, this is obvious. Like, she's she's playing the straight man, and I like that. And I, and I think what's awesome about it, and I hate to do it, but the fact that she, that you're a black woman, it's perfect. We we go to the movies, and we're going to tell you, don't go, don't take your dumb ass in there. That's where the killer is. You don't see that trail of blood down the damn wall. You don't see that. You know, damn well your mama taught you to clean the wall with a rag. And you don't see that damn trail of blood down the wall. You're going to walk right in there. She's the perfect, like, it's like I agree with you. It's like, it's perfectly obvious. And she kind of, to use a black woman in that role, I'm just saying, it kind of makes it like, <laughs> it, it adds to the over obvious, the over obviousness of the show. And I think that's what's growing on me. It's like, they're, they're, it's so in your face with the horror and intertwining what really what, what what horror is really supposed to be what a slasher film or what a slasher spoof in my in my opinion it's redefining the genre by using the genre itself mm-hmm. and i know i hated it last week but i, I think i've truly been converted like I, 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 I i'm starting to really enjoy this show i kind of think she's doing like her stuff and then she's like going back like as deputy rainisha and like reno 911 and she's just coming back to like scream because <laughs> she's exactly the same person right oh god i love her i don't know but did you notice that she, that that her like when she um is bringing up the evidence she printed out the tweet and put it in an evidence bag i'm like why the fuck did you put it in an evidence bag <laughs> I was thinking that, like, wait, what was the, like, wait, like, no one's ever touched it. So, like, you printed it. The fact that she tried to detain Zayday, though, I was like, you you can't do that. You, and, <laughs> yeah. Boom, yeah, wow. shakalaka. Now, Zayday seems like she's honest, but I think she's got too many, like, I don't know, like I said last week, she's got a lot of little alibis, perfectly timed alibis for everything. And in my experience, people who lie generally have a lie already in the chamber to shoot at you. The same. People to tell the truth generally just kind of, they don't explain as much. They just kind of say what they say and they keep it moving or they don't say anything at all. Expect you to, you know, to say, trust that they're telling it. They, they don't have to tell the truth that they're on the up and up. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's a totally different. And I think Zadie, I mean, she may not be the killer, 
But I don't know. I, I still think she might have a hand in it somewhere because she always has a perfectly timed alibi. And we know how those work in slasher films. If you got a perfectly timed alibi, you generally have something to do with it. But I feel her alibi for the chainsaw is right because if that if it wasn't right, why the hell would she be a dork and be practicing with it later, like for the viewers, where she's like, ha! Wait, damn it. Yeah, that slow. was fantastic. Like, like, yeah, that's true. By the way, I love the fact that the show brings up the fact that minorities are fucking amazing at sneaking like fucking like packages to like their kids to like protect them because like that is so fucking like true. Oh it's god. Very, <laughs> very true. Uh the things, the things. The things. So moving into the last section of the episode, we have Gigi and Wes finally having their salad date. Because remember, it's not dinner, it's not coffee, it's, it's very cash with salad. But unfortunately, they have a third wheel, Dean Munch. Dean Munch is there chewing salad as well. Earlier in the episode, while playing tennis horrendously with Gigi, Gigi can't play tennis for shit. She basically told Gigi, step away from my man. I claimed him, he's mine, he's not yours, watch your back. And so they're all eating together. Uh, Dean Munch has brought all these these different salad dressings. Gigi's very excited because she's having Thousand Island, and she says that her salad tastes like a Big Mac. <laughs> and she got drunk as hell. She was, yes, all, she did. <laughs> she was all freaking laughing and yes, uh, yeah. And so during this dinner, they this is where we find out that uh, Grace is. Uh, vanished basically she has gone with pete to do a little bit of research because uh, she basically had, had come to the conclusion that pete isn't the killer at least that's what she thinks and uh you know they were comparing notes she thinks chad radwell might be one of the killers he had found this you know out of all the names that he had written down from when he snooped in on uh you know, the files in the dean's office one of the names came up as someone who had dropped out two credits shy and she lives six hours away from campus so they're on their way to go speak to this person so uh Wes leaves the two ladies Gigi and the dean decide to go to bed and as they go to bed, the dean is like, you know, I can only sleep with this white noise machine. Are you okay with this? She says she's fine. And it's the loudest white noise machine that you've ever heard. You know, there, <laughs> there are these, uh, you know, whale distress calls. There's a baboon attack. And she ends up leaving it on Slasher Movie, which was fantastic because it sounded, I, I think that was like a little wink nod because it, to her Halloween because it sounded just like the music that would be in a movie like Halloween. And so Gigi decides to go downstairs for a little bit of peace and quiet. She lays down on the couch. She, you know, has her little blanket and everything, and bam! We see the Red Devil with a chainsaw attacking Gigi. Uh, Wes hears a scream. He's outside in his car, snooping like he was uh, during uh, last week. And he enters. He gets a little sliced on his arm from one of the chainsaw, from the chainsaw, but they manage to bump the Red Devil 
over the couch. You know, the chainsaw is, is it still buzzing. You know, they look over. You know, oh, the girls come down. They're like, you know, go back up, call 911. And they look over, and the red devil has disappeared, leaving the chainsaw. Then all of a sudden, Dean Munch comes downstairs. She's like, what's going on? I couldn't hear anybody because of the, the white noise machine. And they immediately accuse her of being the red devil, which made no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I was like, really? Why? But why not, I guess? So what did everyone think of the culmination of the episode? Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Grace, uh, you know, trying to find this person. Does anybody have any sort of clues as to what you think they might find, as well as just in general, this final Red Devil attack and the accusation of Dean Munch being the Red Devil? Well, I think they're going to find... They're obviously going to find one of the 1995 girls. They're probably going to find the 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 really bitty one. The one that was just like, 1995 was my jam. Or since, the, since, the, since there was D's and C's, probably the really stupid one. The one that was like, aw, that's a baby? That's so adorable. Um, and I didn't like the fact that she's parked and the place that she's parked said last stop. But that's always like, ooh, creepy movie. And I also didn't like the fact that her dad's like tracking her with a GPS and he's like, I have to like know where she is at all times. Like Zayda even pointed out, dude, that's like... That's creepy as fuck. What the hell? More and more, the dad is showing himself to be, like, really, really, really... I don't know. Like, he might not be the Red Devil, but something's off with that guy. And as for, like, the whole Red Devil, like, fight scene, Gigi showed her stuff. Oh, my God. That flying kick was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought for certain that she was going to take one of the... um one of the tables because it was like iron piping and do a whole Texas Chainsaw Massacre and like guard herself with like the iron piping and just like push back. But wow. I, was, I was just like, that'd be too referential. She did a really good job. I was just kind of like, unmask it, unmask it. Let's find out one, what one of the red devils are. But they ran away. So that was pretty good. That's the thing that I've noticed. And, and now I kind of agree with you with everything you're saying. I think that's one thing that I was really thinking, noticing is the the red devils are running away now like when for example when chanel number five uh, no number two got killed uh he was texting her and tweeting her and kind of i was kind of i'm right here in your face like you know and then later now the guys are running which later which furthermore kind of adds to that i think it's like i think at first it may have been one red devil and then another one thought it was a good idea to kind of get their revenge on somebody else in the process or vice versa. The revenge devil was the first one and then somebody else decided to copycat. And then there may be, I think, maybe a third one who's just a dumbass. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to say fuck that. Fuck it. I think Chad is the third dumbass. <laughs> Last week I was like, well, but now I think he just thinks it's funny. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Everybody wants to have sex with the red devil. And not realizing that you you're making yourself like you you just kind of you see him and he's like oh shit like you know what I mean like I agree with you on that but I kind of the red devil's running away thing shows that there's more than one red devil to me I think that's kind of a surety to show that there's at least two and so good point on bringing that up by the way hmm. I'm done I'm off my soapbox <laughs> <laughs> distressed whale sounds oh my God. <laughs> 
jump on Prince. Or a movie. Oh, no. Well, no, I agree pretty much with a lot that was already previously said. So um, all I could really just say was um, it was just comical watching it all play out. And um, just watching how last week we said that we thought there was a team. And, like, you know, this week we just actually, you know, we were shown that we were right. So, like, not right. everything that we put out there we're right on. But, you know, some of the stuff, you know, we're, we're slowly getting the answers to. It's like that movie Clue. You guys remember that movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly like Clue. And it's like, man, this thing could come out with multiple endings and each one would be just as satisfying. But the one that they choose to be the final one is going to be the best for us. Can you imagine if they make the DVD and it's like the DVD, like ending A, it was this person, the original one. Oh, that'd be fucking awesome. Like, Yeah, that would be fun. As long as it makes sense. For each one, and it, cer- it certainly seems as if a lot of uh, the characters have motives. So, uh, right. before we dive into the spoiler section, it's time for our campus superlatives, or Kappa Kappa Tau superlatives. Who do you think will survive until the finale, and who is slash are the killer or killers? So, it's time to give our our predictions and I'll go first since I went last last time I still think well I'll add in because I believe I said um, Grace and uh, Chanel number one would survive I'll add in Zayday I think the three of them are going to survive 100% until the finale and I think the killers are obviously Boone and Wes the father Boone mm. could be the baby from the um, the tub, maybe, because he's a junior, so he would be the right age. And yeah, so that's sort of my prediction. Um, Wes Ooh. could be the father, uh, or maybe not. Maybe he was just friends with the one that uh, was pregnant. But uh, yeah, so it could be at least Wes and Boone. Wow. Now that you say it, I have to. Wow! Thank you. Everybody. If you really think, if you really think about it, that makes perfect sense. Because so it's also, it, you know, they it's always, always a father-son kind of combination. Whenever then, the killers, oh, wow. whenever there are multiple killers, one of the killers has to get hurt so that it draws away suspicion. And remember, he got chainsawed a little bit. Yeah. Right. Oh wow! Outstanding. Yeah. So that's my theory uh, for this week. Uh, next up, uh, Wilson. Ooh, on the really? spot. Let's go. See, exactly. Thank you. Like, you gonna put me? He gonna give a great analysis and be like, <laughs> "Well, as far as who's gonna make it to the end after watching it, like you, as we can see, I'm a totally different guy from last week to this week. So, I'm of course we know Grace is gonna make it, but I'm saying Zayday's gonna make it. Denise, say what now? What about Denise? I don't know. I thought Denise. Was- I think I think if she makes it, it's gonna be. I think she will make it. She'll be the like the person who says the last line of the last second of the last episode. Like she'll be like she'll say something like funny and like end it on like a a Mary uh, like a, a Mary Melody's note, like a Looney Tunes note. And you'll be like, really? Like is that how it ended at the end of the season? Like a bunch of people will get whacked, and then she'll say something classic. These at white the people end. are so, crazy. I, exactly. Like something, some, something silly like that, and I think she'll make it through there because of that. I think Zayday because Zayday's cool with Grace still. 
Uh, as far as the murderers, I, I'm going to, I'm still saying, I'm still thinking Chad is like a, a moron that's just somehow caught up in it. <laughs> I still think the Dean has something to do with it. Although I don't think she's actually one of the red devils. I think she might dress up as a red devil as like a red herring. That's a lot of red in there. And, or, but just somebody to distract everybody else while the other red devil's actually killing somebody. We know Boone because Boone is, uh, of course, is Chad's butt buddy. And then um, I think Wes. I think Wes is like, I think Wes might, I, like I said, I thought somebody was masterminding the entire thing. And it always, it's always one of those intimate relationships. And I think it's, it's either like a, a sexual relationship or like a father son or like a, a mother daughter. It's one of those very close relationships where it's easy to be manipulated. You know what I'm saying? Mommy. So, you know, yeah. So I, I'm, it's kind of hard to tie it all together, man. And I really can't say definitively after my hard stance last week. So I'm going to leave it totally up in the air, but I've got, we heard everybody that I said, but I'm thinking it's all the white people pretty much. There you go. <laughs> I love that Wilson has like 50 red devils. He's like, everyone's a red devil. <laughs> I, I think I think I honestly think it's more than one per like, I think it's like three or four of them. I like honestly I'm saying three, maybe three and a half. And I say three and a half because somebody who's just stupid who just so happens to wear a red devil costume. Like and they just so happen to show up in a red like they won't matter at all at the end. We won't even see them come up at all. They just so happen to see they'll be like there was an extra red devil in there and that's the half red devil. I think there's three of them though. Like Pete? Jeez. Oh, maybe. Prince. Hell, it might be Gigi. <laughs> um, I think Denise is going to survive to the end just because she's the one little cop and I think they're a keeper for the comedy relief. Um, because Niecy Nash is just hilarious. Um, but as for killers, I definitely changed my opinions from last week. Like, I still think um, clearly Boone and I still think the deed have something to do with it. I don't think the dean's a red devil, but I think she is the ringleader of the groups of red devils. Um, I think she pretty much has multiple red devils. Just you know, I think she has two that are known, and maybe one that's like not known. That's like just to clean up the mess, like Plan B in case the first ones don't go through. But um, I think um, Pete is Pete. Is that his name? The Pete journalist? Martinez. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's definitely one of them. Just because, okay, if dude in the junk that got shot in the junk was the mascot, wouldn't that make Pete a liar for having, uh, like, why would he have a costume too? How many mascots do they need? There could be alternate mascots, right? Maybe. But he that is suspicious, kinda, isn't it? He kind of looked disappointed mm. during the whole, like, take back the night when they when Coney came out. He looked sad, so. I didn't, um... But Coney, though, seriously, Coney. Yeah. It was the only costume she could find in 24 hours. Really? Pretty much. Really? No gorillas? Jacket. How do you rename the entire school in in a day? She's the dean. She can do it. Wow. And she got to cover her tracks. Man. Uh, I personally think all of them die. And I also think Hester's a red devil. Like, I think she actually might be the kid, the, the baby that was born. She has mother issues. Mommy, mom. that's, that's yeah, true. Yeah, we've never discussed her mommy issues. We'll discuss it next week because that's fascinating. I think. Yeah. Yeah, like I think she has serious mommy issues. Like she, she has, she feels the need. Like she needs that maternal instinct. I think maybe that you know, and the fact that she's a history major. Think about it. She's digging up history. 
She has a murderous intention because she likes dead bodies and she has mother issues. Yeah. She is a perfect candidate to be the the baby that that was born that night. So you think she's faking the scoliosis? Oh, maybe not. Well, maybe not. But yeah, she she was so willing to take that brace off that that quickly that I think she was even really ready to get out of that costume. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Well, because why I just see it as, you know, she blamed, she would, she would dominantly blame the sorority for her mother's death. And mm-hmm. why wouldn't she want to be close up to the, the head person of the sorority when it seemed like it was the head person of the sorority's reason, you know, for her death. But for all we know, like, you know, who Chanel's would- mother had been that bitch from 1995 but she would always idolize them because it's the closest they would she would ever get to her actual mother well true mm-hmm. or maybe you know it's kind of like a revenge who, who for all we know chanel's mother could be that little the chick that was like that's my jam that's true because the thing is we don't really know anybody's history so with that being said like it's just anybody's open to being all for all we know, like every single one of them could be connected, except for Zay Day. She shouldn't have any kids about that age if she was really listening to Waterfalls the way she should have been. Well, yeah, definitely, but you know <laughs> how how you know Hollywood likes to play things around. But yeah, I Who agree. Maybe Zayday's actually- wearing blackface. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I think I think Kiki Palmer's too black. <laughs> Priscilla, your thoughts. Okay. So, as for who I think is going to survive, last week I said Chanel. Uh, this week, I still think Chanel is going to make it, but um, for just an extra, like another one, I think uh, Dean Munch is going to make it. Like through- Nice. Shout out to Jamie Lee. We're keeping you alive. <laughs> as for who's who the Red Devils are, uh, I think... Boone, obviously, is, like, one of the Red Devils. I think he's actually the one that uh, didn't kill um, uh, Chad that looked at him before uh, and killed the other guy. That's, uh, I think that the other two Red Devils are probably Chanel number five. That's why she doesn't give a shit about, like, uh, you can handle all this other crap. And I think the last Red Devil is still Dean Munch and the whole thing that you mentioned about um they always put a whole bunch of blame or the de- the the real villain gets hurt and gets the blame thrown off of them before i think that's actually going to happen now because he's like you're the red devil and it seems like the police is going to go after her in the next episode so that same logic might apply to her so my mm-hmm. yeah, red devils, if you're villainous, my red devils still stand. You always like it that the, the villains always make it so that they become suspicious and then they get cleared of everything, and then but it's really them doing the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Or you know, maybe if you know Wes is trying to set it, point the blame somewhere else. Exactly. Either way, maybe West him and Gigi are the red devils. Oh no! Attack of the nineties. Yeah, well, she is stuck in nineteen ninety in the nineties, so maybe I, I don't think we've ever really discussed this, but maybe Gigi was one of the sorority girls there. 
Maybe that's why she was maybe stuck in 1990. Maybe she's the nice one. Because she's the nice one. of something traumatic. So it could could be it, that. Yeah, it's so traumatic she blocks it out. Maybe. By the, by the way, the whole – you guys all like thought something was going to happen to Denise Hemfield. I actually think she's going to be the last death. She's going to be the one that figures out who all of the Red Devils are. And right before she gets to tell everyone about it, she's going to be killed in like the funniest way possible oh that would be spectacular i would really like that although i really don't want her to die but if she's the last death i wouldn't mind that because that means that she'll be in every episode because she's fantastic so moving into some spoilers it's time to get a little spoilery let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of scream queens this is an official spoiler alert spoiler alert So let's start off with ratings. Leading out of uh, two brand new sitcoms, Scream Queens uh, was viewed by 3.6 million total viewers and 1.4 in the key demographic of 18 to 49. It was down 10 and 18% from its two-hour premiere as it settled into its official time slot. And uh, there is some interesting information that has come out from an interview that Kiki Palmer did via entertainmentweekly.com. They're doing a Scream Queens post-mortem every week. And basically, she dropped a little scoop that uh, Kappa Kappa Tau Pledge Zayday is going to hit it off with Earl Grey. And it ter- turns out that they might get into a little relationship together. And uh, she sort of teased, you should definitely be worried about Earl Grey. He just seems suspicious from the jump. That's what she says. And uh, also, we're going to be meeting very soon a new character, and that's Dean Munch's ex-husband. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's all the spoilers that I have for this week. Not that much information out there, but uh, certainly some juicy tidbits that we can anticipate in the weeks to come. So join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Scream Queens. Visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash PCR Are You Afraid? Also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Bye. Good night, everybody. Indeed. Buenas noches. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Scream Queens. Good night, everyone. Rest in peace, Coney. Hashtag cahoots.